Before we start the show, I just wanted to reach out and say that if you are loving listening to The Truth Prescription as much as we are loving making it, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and iHeartRadio, to name a few. And come check us out at www.thetruthprescription.com to get more insights and info, because the truth will set you free if you let it. It took me a minute to build me up to really come home and leave me elsewhere. The process of finding what's deep down inside your heart, it goes through a process because everything is heartfelt. Gentlemen and ladies, brothers and sisters, people, whoever you are and wherever you are, welcome to the Truth Prescription Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sekou Gavis, And each week I interview successful people from around the world and discuss how accepting the truth can propel your career and help you live a life of gusto and purpose. No mantras, no gimmicks, just the truth. So close your eyes and open your ears and let's get into this. Come on. Good people, welcome back. Another episode of the Truth Prescription Podcast. I'm your humble host, Dr. Sekou Gathers. And today, I had the pleasure of interviewing my family, my cousin, Ardenia Brown, also known as Chef Butter. She is the personal chef to Amir Questlove Thompson, among other celebrities. Started her career in the music industry in the early 1990s and rose to multiple executive positions at record labels like Def Jam and Warner Brothers and Giant Records, just to name a few, went through some personal and health challenges and ultimately decided to become a personal chef. So her truth prescription was really about self-acceptance. And she told a really nice story about how that process happened for her. Because she's a chef, we also talked about, of course, food and what makes good food. We discussed what type of mindset or as she coined heart set you have to have to really differentiate yourself in the market, no matter what your actual profession is. We talked a little bit about legacy and what she'd like her legacy to be from now in the next 30 years. And also talked about what can folks do who want to make a career change, right? What are some of the steps or what's some of the process they need to go through? Again, not necessarily becoming a chef, but transitioning to anything. What are some of the things that you need to think and what are some of the things you need to feel? So it was a great episode. Um, I enjoyed it and I hope you do as well. Power pack, lots of good information. Please close your eyes and open your ears and let the truth prescription flow. Let's do it. If it wasn't for you, I would not be connected to our mutual client, Mr. Uh, Amir Questlove Thompson. Me as his doc and you as his chef. So I, I, I really do appreciate you making that introduction. Obviously, I had to do the work and maintain the relationship. Right. But, and we're still here. Right. But, <laughs> but uh, as, as, as a friend of mine uh, always says, if it wasn't for me, y'all wouldn't be here. Right. As if it wasn't, uh, for, it wasn't for me, I wouldn't be here. So I appreciate you. Thank you, bro. But you know what that's about? That's really about family connecting to the family. Yeah. And understanding that, you know, with all that we do, regardless of age, we all contribute. And I saw the insides of you when you came to California. Yeah, that was my fourth year in medical school. 
And I stayed with you uh, out in uh, Van Nuys, which interestingly is like, uh, used to be the porn capital of the world. So. <laughs> that was 2002. That was a rite of passage for me. I mean, this interview is about you, but I just mentioned that. <laughs> I remember I learned so much. I learned more about life and less about medicine that one month spending that time with you. So that was amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, brother, come on. Thank you. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, you know, from the simple to the complex. It's what our ancestors taught us. Yeah. No. And we've sure. had some bold ancestors. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, we God. Did. <laughs> oh, they speak to me often in this home because this is the home I grew up in. You spent the night here with, with your nieces and your cousins. So home has a lot to do with where our transformation happens. Yeah, absolutely. Starts from the home. So chef, let's jump into your truth prescription. The listeners that have been listening to my show for the last six years know that this part of the show, we talk about a truth in your life, be it personal, professional, that you are maybe ignoring, you know, for some time. That once you accepted it, it created a breakthrough for you in your life and or career. So tell us a little bit about what that was for you. Wow, that's a good one. I'm glad your show is of that. And I've, I've sat at some of them and then I have to go cook. But for me, the truth and being ignored is why I think I used to speak loud because I wanted to be heard. But sometimes being heard was misinterpreted because I interpreted it one way and the receiver interpreted it another way, but it's based on what I was feeling deep down in, within, even in the music industry, because I didn't do the college graduation studying communications. I went from the church to being a singer and the church choir to feeling and wanting to be that singer for the masses, our cousin got me a scholarship out of high school to go to Bethune-Cookman mm. in Florida, but my father would not let it happen. From that moment on, and he wanted me to go into the whole music side of it, but that was in the height of affirmative action. Mm. So I was primed for that experience, but that wasn't going to be my experience. So that left a piece at that time of fear, being feel like I was left alone or ignored because my true essence of wanting to sing was wanting to be an artist. Did you want to go to Bethune-Cookman also? Yeah, I was, I was ready to go, yep. you know, and, and truth. I wasn't the greatest student in junior high school. I wasn't that great student because there was so much at home that hindered me. You know, I had to be in church 24-7. After school, it was like, get your homework done. Well, who's helping me with my homework because I'm lost on this and not having that. So that, that created the feeling of being ignored big time. From there, not going, I had to set up my own path out of frustration, out of what my dad did not understand, 
Bishop Lander E. Brown Sr. Love him dearly because he did the best that he could. But for a 17-year-old, that wasn't the feeling that I got from him. And it has taken me years to let it go because life goes on. And then at some point, it's like, okay, I may need help dealing with these deep down issues of who am I? And I ignored myself because I was ignoring the fact that I was a gay woman. Ah, yeah. Come on now. Yeah. And talk I talk about to, it. Come on, talk about it. Whoo, hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) And accepting that and still living that life and having my family life and very much in love with my family, my sisters and brothers and their acceptance of me in the only way that they knew how to accept me. Let's not even go outside to the world. It starts from, again, in the home. It starts from the, the blood relationship. Whether it's good, bad, indifferent, it, that's where it starts. So, yeah, the ignorance was truly there. <laughs> One thing, when I told my mother, I told my mom after my father died that I was a gay woman. And that was in 92. And I had been gay since I was 16. But you had been, you, you dated men and, you know. the Yeah, I yeah. Even got married yeah, because I was married. The, trying to figure it out. What family's supposed to do? I couldn't go to college now. I got to get married. And <laughs> <laughs> was a lot going on. So it, it sounds like it was really about self-acceptance, right? That was the thing yes. that, that you kind of yes. came to. Like, I got to ultimately be me, whatever that looks like. And finally getting to that, I was only able to get there with outside friends that became family and true sisterhoods and, you know, relationships that went one way or the other. But it wasn't until after I came home to care for mom, after I left the music industry, and I was pretty much distraught from the industry. I had that battle too. I don't think I was a very nice person. When I look back, I don't think I was a very nice person as an executive in the industry, but it wasn't based on anything other than not knowing me. And once I knew me, I was fine with who I, I was, but that was the journey. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I completely understand. No, you know, it's like, I, oh, I could have treated her a little better. <laughs> you know, and it wasn't the artist. The artist I was locked into because deep down inside, I was an artist and had not reached that plateau. So I was always looking on and, and knowing how I had to suppress my own art, which is cooking. And even one of my paintings is hanging up behind. So, you know, it took a lot to be where I am today. You know, Ardenia, family and then culture as, a, as its extension, it, it puts a lot of pressure on, on folk, you know, a lot of weight on folk to conform to whatever the family or whatever the culture is talking about. And so many of us feel locked up inside ourselves. Like there's four or five other things I want to be doing that really call to me, speak to me. But all these people around me that I've known for, you know, my whole entire life and have been telling me what to do my whole entire life says, say no. That's when the rubber really meets the road and it becomes tough. 
Okay, cool. So on that same vein, you know, you, you were, and let's just call it what it is, high level executive in the entertainment industry. You transitioned to being a personal chef, a celebrity chef. So let's just take chefing out of the equation for a second. For anybody that's looking to make a career change, right? What is the type of mindset you think they need to have? It's hard to get to, and you have to get to it if you listen to your heart. If you really listen to when no one else, when all the voices are silent and you're looking at self and you hear God, that this has to change and you have to make a change to make that happen. So what starts to boil up inside is creating that new vision because the past is gone. Hmm. <laughs> Not forgotten, but right now if there's a shift and there was a shift for me when I was working for a record company called TVT. TVT. That, when I came to stay with you, that's what you were working for. What's that crazy? Yeah, yeah. That guy, a crazy man. <laughs> Little John. Little John. He was on that label. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And it was interesting because I loved the music. I was, you know, I started out with Def Jam as their national director, at first as a regional and then a national director. So hip hop was in my spirit, but that too had been tainted by all the violence when I was doing concert promoting or artists going out. It just, just the everyday life of it, but love the music. But TVT, when Little John was, the, it was the B-side of his main hit, which was Put Your Hood Up, and Bia Bia was the B-side. Mm -hmm. And I had not listened to that record and all the reps, we were on a conference call and this is real. And it was all independent reps who were working three, five records and we were making it happen. And they were talking about how this record really was blowing up the B-side along with uh, Put Your Hood Up and it was called Bia Bia. And at that time, I was getting to the point of, you know, you ain't calling me a bitch. That's not going to do that. Right. Okay. Right. And, and let's not do that. Let's not do that. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> so that's when my attitude just like went left and said, girl, you through with this industry. And then I was in a relationship that was going haywire. So I was haywire. And I was not going to be called that. So the transition started then and things started filtering where there was a complete shift of me coming home, leaving LA, leaving my lifestyle where I was very comfortable. And let me, tell, let me tell the listeners, that was a nice house. Pool, <laughs> like, yeah, it was, it was all that. And you had to, you had at the time, it was uh, whatever the stretch, was it the Lexus or Acura? I had the Land Rover and then I got the Acura. Yeah, it was the long body Acura and man, yeah. I, I mean, at whatever, how old was I? 20? <laughs> rolling, you let me hold yeah. that and I was rolling down uh, Sunset. <laughs> I You couldn't tell me nothing. No, I was like, <laughs> you couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> You know, I'm sitting by the pool. Right, with, with the dogs, right? <laughs> with the dogs. With the dogs. So Amazing. that's when it really shifted 
and there was a lot of change happening. And then coming home, I could not bring me home. That's why I left home. Find my world where I can be me because I knew that was it. But it was a, a wonderful thing because there was an acceptance because my mother needed me. My family needed me. My brother was battling, Landa was battling prostate cancer. And I, before I came home, I went back to Chicago because I love Chicago and I had more family there that I was, it took me a minute to build me up to really come home and leave me elsewhere. The process of finding what's deep down inside your heart, it goes through a process because everything is heartfelt. So it's interesting. The question was, what do you think the mindset is? And, and your answer is talking about heart. So I'll say, it sounds like there's a heart set or a gut set that needs yeah. to happen. Folks need to really get in tune with, with how they're really feeling. Because I think everybody, when they're thinking about changing careers, they have a sense, like it's time. And I've done other shows and got you know other other luminaries to talk about some advice that they would give. But I think the key thing in terms of the motivator, the fuel that's going to really ignite your journey, I agree with you that it has to be that real connection to heart because you're going to have a bunch of naysayers that are going to be like, are you out of your damn mind? You're going to leave an executive, a six-figure executive job, living your best life, literally, to go back home, live with your mama and do what? But you knew that that was that that would probably lead you to somewhere else because actually it's interesting because it's like the prodigal daughter returning home. You had to go back there to face yourself. Ha! That's what it really was about. Come with it. Right? Honestly. Because that was almost like this secret, this this vacuum. And kudos to you because you could have hid forever. Like you didn't ever have to come back. No, no. But again, heart would stop that and who knows what that journey would have been. So you have to follow your heart in order to make the right decision. And then sometimes, you know, you have to really go to the mental side and look for help to help you figure out how it's really working. But if you rely only on heart, you will get there to figure out if you're doing something wrong with it. Yeah, I mean, the, the mind, the mindset, the cognitive you need for the strategy, but I really do feel like the heart is what is what can fuel you to that destination. I mean, anybody can sit down and write, I want to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, but when you get in the middle of C and you're having those doubts, you know, how are you connected? And I think you made a great point about about the really the heart set. I like that. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to coin that, not mindset, heart set. All right, so let's talk a little bit about food. You're a you're a, a celebrity chef. Your food is is banging. What makes good food? There we go again. <laughs> now you got to put the mind in with that. Okay. It's truly about the heart. Yeah. It's truly about the love. It's truly about how you've always received food. What it looks like from getting up and having to cook, and that all happened through my mother. Because my mother taught me how to cook. And I was in the kitchen with her with the, <laughs> with the church dinners and the Friday and Saturday dinners that was right from this house to the neighborhood, to the community, for Bishop Landry Brown to build his church. The, how I got to food and doing it healthy 
is creating the same recipes that I grew up on and combining my thought, my mind of, well, what if I took the sugar all the way out? What would it taste like? And, and then if I put less or a different kind, um, it could make it better for those who need to have a better way or to remove it fully and give it a, a savory taste. It takes a lot of learning, reading, knowing what vitamins and herbs are and how good they are for you and what could be the best for the client that what they need because everyone has different needs. And when a client comes to the mindset that they want to change their lifestyle with food and living healthy, it really takes understanding what's going on with them. And if I can provide that and having, having, have, having to have, having to have had, have no, having to have, I have lupus, <laughs> but I don't claim it. Maybe that's why I couldn't get those words together. I don't claim it, but I have been able to change my way of eating and lifestyle based on this immune disease that lives in me. And lives in all of us. There's all sorts of things that happens to us and finding out, reading the right books and getting to know my body. Mm -hmm. And let's, clar let's clarify that that's lupus. That's not any other immune, immune disease. <laughs> so let's clarify. Yes, and it's mine. <laughs> and it's mine. And you, and you know the history. But for lupus, with it being an autoimmune deficiency, and you can tell me if I'm right. But I think that most diseases is from the inside of your cellular level. So wouldn't that mean that all diseases come from the immune system? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, dis-ease, it's the body functions basically, you know, in a healthy way to keep us at a certain level of homeostasis. And so when something gets out of whack, our immune system kicks in to put it back into balance. And so if we're consistently and constantly out of balance, then to your point, there's something wrong at the immune immune system level. You know, our fuel comes from from our food, you know, from our diet. And so there's so many, I mean, this is a whole nother podcast, but there's so many connections between diet and disease, particularly heart disease, that are just killing folks straight up. They're, they're, I know people that have diabetes for 20 years and just went vegan and miraculously the diabetes went away. Yeah, yeah. But it's individually connected. That's one of the things that it's so personal that everyone has to find the best way for them to deal with what's going on. And that's when the mindset kicks in that, OK, I've tried Western medicine. I'm doing Western medicine. I have high blood pressure. I can't keep it down. What else can I be doing? Because a doctor's telling you what they can do to help you deal with it. But then there's the other piece of what do I need to be doing for self? You know, and you can't really blame, blame doctors. I mean, look, obviously I went to medical school. I learned all allopathic medicine. I'm not blaming the doctors. Yeah, I'm no, this, doctors. this comment is more for the listeners, not for you, because I know you, you know this, but people probably don't know this, but. You know, I spent four years in medical school and I didn't have one lecture on nutrition. It's not something that's taught 
and standardize traditional Western medicine. And so I just think it's up to the clinician himself, depending on what type of medicine he's practicing, right? It's less less relatable to a surgeon than it is to an intern, internist or a primary care doctor. But it's up to the clinician themselves to go out and do the research. There's research they can do themselves, right, with the, the patients they see. And then there's clinical research that has been done with supplements and exercise and different types of foods where you can see a clear cause and effect. You know, they took this supplement or they did this particular dietary regimen and this was the, the outcome, the positive outcome. So, but I'm just letting America know that a lot of it is just, we're just not educated. And it was something because, I mean, you know, my mom, um, I mean, I was the crazy kid eating uh, bean sprout sandwiches. <laughs> I was in elementary school. So she well, always, they, my parents always. <laughs> Your friends would be like, oh. What is, he, what is that kid doing? And it just added to my strangeness. But anyway, I had always had a different sort of viewpoint. I didn't eat meat till I was 13 about diet because of the, you know, because of my parents. But I took that into medical school, but a lot of people don't. One thing we touched on earlier you're a chef and, you know, chefs, unfortunately, are, there are a lot of chefs out there. You know what I mean? Like a dime a dozen. Matter of fact, I saw, there's another chef butter online. I don't know if you know that. Really? <laughs> yes. Spelled so, like that? Spelled but like I'm that. The, I'm not the real chef butter. I'm the you're real the real chef, chef butter. butter. You are. And, and I didn't notice that, 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 that differentiation. But again, I like these type of questions because let's take chef out of it. And how would you say that you've been able to to start to begin to sort of differentiate yourself from the other chefs out there? What are some of the things that people can do again that are in maybe crowded fields or or in in situations where there a lot is a lot of competition? What are some things that you feel like they can do to sort of start to differentiate themselves so they can speak to not the masses but to their you know to their audience? That's it. That's another. You have some great questions. (laughs) For me, what I think one can do is not be as quick to join the masses. What worked for me is that you want to be aware of everyone that's out there. And if you're coming with your total A game and want to be in the crowd, that may work for you. But starting out and then where I am now as a personal chef, it's very private. You know, each client for me is private. So it's not about, oh, look what I cook for Amir Thompson. And, you know, I can't be doing all that because it's not about or the, even my other client who's over at CNN or, you know, the teacher who's teaching underprivileged kids. It's, it's like you have to really own a smaller. Like I said, I'm just not out for the, the whole crowds. I'm out to nurture where I know I have the energy, the strength and the knowledge and love for that client. Yeah, that's that's great. It sounds like what you're saying is what I call specificity, right? One of the first things for me when I got into coaching, I learned that one of the things that coaches often, the mistake they often make is they try to cast a super wide net. I'm the coach of everything. Yes. Oh my <laughs> oh, God. I'm the chef of everything. 
Yeah. And I think it's important to your point that you figure out, you know what, who are the people I really want to work with? You know, that, that excite me. What type of food do I really, that really excites me? The thing I like about you, chef, is you describe yourself, you, 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 you cook soul food, but in a healthy way. Love it. Love it. That speaks to a certain audience, but it also speaks to you. And so it's also important that you, you do things that are fulfilling. Yes. Great. Great. Okay. There's a lot of great soul food cooks out there and, and just chefs out there. And sometimes when I'm looking at Instagrams and I see what folks is doing, it's so fascinating where they are. And mine is just, I'm just really, I'm not bling bling, but I'm bling bling. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, you look, you can even have volume, you know, 150 clients and do that game. Or you can have three, four clients that are, you know, high yield clients. Right. right so right, there's, right. there's all and, different and ways to do it. I know some incredible chefs out there that are just killing it. And when you taste their food, you're like, whoa. And it's beautiful. We all have something to give to what we love. And everyone's creating from where they came from as well. No matter what you do, where you're grounded is what people will see. Yeah. People will taste. Yeah. They absolutely. will know. It all comes from the ground that you're building, the journey that you're on, and what is going on with you to make that journey wonderful for self. And if it's wonderful for yourself, then it's going to work for everybody else. If it ain't working for somebody, then maybe I'm the wrong one. Right. Exactly. It's a relationship in many ways because it's like, you know, both sides have to enjoy the process. Right. And if somebody doesn't enjoy the process, it's okay. Like, I'm not for everybody. You're not for everybody. Yeah. Right? Don't, don't take it personal. Right. Don't take it personal at all. Don't take it personal. <laughs> but, and, and if that should happen, one thing that truly happens, love is always there. Right. No, I know how I feel. None, none, none whatsoever. So speaking, speaking of love, so my wife's favorite flower is a hydrangea. I was perusing your Instagram and I saw you, you had posted a purple hydrangea. So I stopped and I read the post. And it's a great story. You talked about how this hydrangea was given to Aunt Lil, well, my Aunt Lil, your mom, 30 years ago and was planted and continues to bear flowers every season. And I thought it was beautiful and a, and a beautiful analogy for asking you, what seeds are you planting now that you want to see blossom in 30 years? What is Chef Butter's legacy going to be? I think it will be for those who know that it's all about love. It's all about, well, I sat here and drank it all. Ah, can you see it? Power juice. The power juice. What's in there? Tell us what's in there. In this bottle, we have carrots, dill, lime skin, parsley, celery root, red pepper, and lemon. Oh, yeah. And it's the palate. It's the palate. And this juice really came from my work with Amir and him wanting to juice. And making it, the brother has a palate that's incredible. His palate is just like over the top and he loves spices and he loves herbs. He loves food. But the thing is, is to make sure 
you'd have good food and he gets good food. So it was inspired by him wanting to do juicing for weeks at a time, you know, one meal and just juice all day. And it wasn't about doing the regular juicing. It needed to have something special. So cold press, as much fiber as you can get out of your herbs and spices is what this juice is. And I think... So your, your legacy is about love and juice. Love, juice, and food. Because you cannot walk in this house and not eat. <laughs> and not eat something. I mean... From from the time that mom and dad from back in the day, you yeah. don't walk in this house and, and not sit to the table. Yeah, it's true. We're always nurturing through. I, I know that it will be about nurturing through food. I think that will be my legacy. I believe that my love for people will be my legacy. I believe that my dog, Jack, will be my <laughs> legacy. He's a dope dog. Jack. He can talk. Brother man can talk. I believe it. I believe it. You know, I mean, we have conversations because right about now, it's just him and I here. You know, so my legacy is just being just a straight up sister, loving life, doing what I do, always trying to be on time. And as my nieces would say, they're fabulous aunt. <laughs> All it's right. A, oh, fabulous. Huh? <laughs> so, you know, just love, just love. So, Chef, we're going to go into this last section that I call first impressions. I'm going to say a word and you just say the first word that comes to your mind. OK. All right. Number one, Los Angeles. Son. <laughs> Number two, Western medicine. <laughs> <laughs> you can curse. Don't take it. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, Eastern medicine. Love on it. Experience it. Get to know it. Oh, that's a couple of words. That's all right. That's all right. We're flexible. We're flexible on the truth prescription. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number four, marketing. I can market others except me. <laughs> okay. <gasps> <laughs> Number five, garlic. Love it. Mm. Love it. Number six, lupus. Don't have it. <laughs> hey, you'll claim it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Number eight, juicing. Ooh, try it. Number nine, soul food. The best. <laughs> <laughs> Number 10, destiny. Experience it. And the last one, number 11, Chef Butter. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> what my mama called me. That's hey, right. Butter. Hey, butter. <laughs> and today's her birthday and my brother's birthday. Mom would have been 99 years old. Wow, amazing. It's such a blessing. The memories, the joy. And guess what? She couldn't stay here. It was her time. Yeah, so she was a, couldn't stay here. She was a great lady. I was saying yeah. this about um, Sheila Frazier, who I don't know if you know. Sheila Frazier was the uh, lead actress in the movie Superfly. You know, I'm a big uh, uh, black exploitation fan. 
But she's um like you just don't see women like that anymore. And thinking about Aunt Lil, I think about her like and and also my grandmother, Mama Sudi. Like that pedigree is just is just gone from the planet. Well, know? I have some makings of it, even though I look like her. But she instilled that love, that love for everyone. Yeah, I've gotten calmer as I've gotten older. As I've gotten older, and I think that comes from the memory and loving how mom was with me. Love and happiness. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Now, I, I do have one for you. Okay. And what's your destiny? Because you're, I'm seeing three things happening. Three things. When you say you're seeing, uh, uh, are the, the, uh, it's the, music, the, it's the music, it's the Western doctor, it's the coach, yeah. it's, the father, I'm saying that, and I can go on now. Right, I'm right. But there's so well, my, much going on. I'll, I'll say my destiny is yet to be determined. But what I try to do every day is wake up and realize that I have one life to live and I want to live it to the fullest. And if along the way I can help some people, then I know I'm doing the right thing. That's it. You said that well. I feel that way, but you have a way with words, my friend. <laughs> Well, listen, I can't cook like you. So God gave, God yeah, has given you know, all of us, all of us, our talents yeah. and tools. <laughs> yeah, he, There's so much that he gives us and we just tap into it. Yeah. I mean, similar to you, you know, it, it's taken me some time to really have an acceptance of who I really am, why I'm really here, what I need to be doing. It takes time. You know, we all have traumas and drama and pain and heartache and all that stuff, but it's all good because it's all it's just a pruning. Good. It's just a pruning process. That's all yeah. it is. Yeah. And that's, you know, my therapist helped me to understand that process of live it because even when we're going through drama, we're still here. Even though you're going through happiness right now, that happiness is happening. This is happening right now. So live that. And I may get up and They'll be the next. That's right. Something else. <laughs> Something else, you know. So, Chef, if people want to connect with you, maybe have you cook for them or learn more about what you're doing, where can they go? They can go to where, where this Instagram. IG. Instagram. My IG is the real Chef Butter. Right. Don't find that other guy. But this is the yeah. real Chef Butter. <laughs> know that that other person i may have to look him up and say hey what you doing butter <laughs> <laughs> you know you got this crazy too. logo i was like that's not the logo anyway oh i gotta look that one up yeah. uh, and, and it's all good because maybe their mother or friend called them butter it's just an amazing name and he probably just realized oh, I, I, you I know, it took me a while to even and i gotta say this it took me a while to even accept me calling myself chef butter yeah. Okay. You know, when you look at all of the chefs who's gone to such extraordinary schools or writing extraordinary cookbooks, I just gravitate to their knowledge and pull from it because that experience was not meant for me. Yeah. That was not my journey. Right. No, it's true. If my journey was something else. I wouldn't be cooking for a meal. Correct. Absolutely. There are no mistakes. There are no mistakes. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to sign off as I always do. Thank you so much. This is beautiful. I'm glad we, uh, this, this uh, interview kind of came about impromptu, but I love impromptu. 
But I will sign off as I always say that the truth will set you free if you let it. When you answer, try to give a story. You know, you want to really bring people into your world. And, you know, as a former, well, you're a talker. I mean, the Browns are talkers. And the whole reason that we're even doing this interview is because last time I was talking to you, I was like, yeah, she's a good conversationalist. I need to have her on the show. So, you know, just uh, bring some of that um, that story to to your answers because, you know, people, as you know, they don't really remember as much what you say, but more with how you made them feel. Yeah. And so you want to you wanna really inject that feeling. And stories help create the picture that creates the emotion. So. Yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. Blessings. Thank you. Good people, welcome back to another episode of the Truth Prescription Podcast. And I am excited today. I've got my family on. What's up, Ardenia? Hey, my cousin. <laughs> also Dr. known Dr. as Chef you? Butter to, yes, the, to, to the masses, to the masses. You know, I, I, I like the few rather than the masses. The masses. Okay, okay. I like the, free. the few. The few. Yeah, well, yeah, that's part of... We're going to get into that. You know, ah. how, how do you... How do you create that uh, that space for yourself among those few so that you're recognized um, by really who your audience is, right? It's really about catering to your audience. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. It's It's interesting because I've always been around before my invention of Chef Butter, which my mama called me. Um, <laughs> I was always in the field, in the music industry, yep. which means massive people from listening to radio, to concerts, to corporations, to reps in the street. It was always the interaction with people for the artists. Yeah. And so, and I'm, I, I don't, I was good at it, but I like smaller intimate groups. You know, I'm good one-on-one, -on -one, but hanging out in crowds, um, even going to concerts, because I've promoted concerts in part of my career. And just the experience of all of that sometimes lead you to being more of wanting to be over here with a smaller group, because there's so many personalities and you have to look every way. and you know, and in the 90s, there was so much going on at our hip hop concerts and and having to deal with that behind the scenes. So I, I think that as a chef and being a personal chef, I enjoy it so much because it's a communication between two, three family friends. It's It's intimate. It's personal. It's rewarding it's nurturing getting it and giving it it's so yeah. much easier and it's interesting because you know you come from a very large family you have a a picture on your website of, of all all our of our folks and uh how many of y'all one two three four six 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 of y'all yeah so yeah. you being and I'm the baby you being the baby exactly and when <laughs> What's funny, what's really funny and so true, Sekou, after everyone left, sisters getting married, brothers service, you know, family, I was the one left home. 
you know, like at 15 years old. So I had my mom and dad in the church <laughs> to myself. So I think that's probably when I kind of went into being okay with being just me. It was like the only child then, even though family is very much connected every day, but personally, I kind of like that space around me. 